We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Adrian. Yeah, bring your motherfucking ass over here. I got a lot to say. We're going to conduct this professionally or we're not going to have an interview. You make the decision. What did you think about the fight? What you, I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. But let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to, what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that nigga, man. I'm on top. Cincinnati, stand up. West side. Two, five. You're three, three, and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three, three, and one in my last seven, but I'll be seven, no against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. Before you guys listen to another episode of the Corner Podcast, make sure you guys show your support for the show by clicking on patreon.com slash the corner podcast and showing support for both Andreas and myself. We're trying to bring you guys exclusive content for the new year. That means exclusive shows, guest interviews, fan appreciation episodes, a little bit of everything on a weekly basis. And the way you get that is by signing up on patreon.com slash the corner podcast. There's different tiers, whether you guys want to donate $5, $10, or $15 a month, you guys get exclusive content and access to us. Yes, both Andres and I, every single week and this way we can bring you guys the stuff that you want such as merch live shows and even bigger episodes of the corner podcast in 2019 thank you guys for your support now let's get into this week's show we're here I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh 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 uh. uh. 
What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale in the building. We are prepping for Royal Rumble weekend in Arizona. We are both hype. You heard me correctly. The old man is actually excited about something surrounding the WWE. So it's we're starting this off on a good note. Dre, I'm so glad to hear that you're excited about something, anything, anything about the WWE. Yeah, I mean, why not? I've never been to the Royal Rumble. Um, it's one of those shows as a kid I always wanted to go to, so it's like now I got the opportunity to check it out, and hopefully it's not trash and they ruin it for me at the end of the night. <laughs> well, at least NXT is going to be good. They haven't disappointed us yet. We found a dope brunch spot, so we're going to be brunching it up with $12 bottles of champagne, which I feel like for $12, we can each have a bottle. You ain't, man, listen, you're going to die. I really, yeah, I can't do, like, champagne gives me a killer headache. And I don't want to be, like, you know, a little loopy watching NXT. Now, if it was the Rumble, it might help me. Because I I feel like being drunk at the Rumble would be cool. But, yeah, not at NXT. It has to have my undivided attention. Yeah, so, nah, nobody needs an entire bottle of champagne. I can, but it's unnecessary, (laughs) which is... Listen, I see you drink a giant... Giant mimosa, the size of your torso. Yeah, so it was, I, it was a full it. bottle of champagne. It was an entire bottle of champagne put in that one mimosa. That's insane. Is, you are the yeah. king of brunch. I, I was give you that. The king of brunch. Um, Kang. So, <laughs> K-A-I-N-G. Kang. Get it right. <laughs> so we got a full weekend. Tons of wrestling. We're going to talk about that entire card, NXT, Royal Rumble, all that good stuff later on. We're going to talk about and recap UFC from last weekend, the first ESPN card. We're going to talk about John Jones a little bit. Surprise, surprise. He still had steroids or banned substance in his system when he tested um, prior to the fight he just had most recently. So people were championing him like, hey, he passed the drug test. Slow down. Um, we also have Bellator coming up this weekend on the zone that we'll talk about. Uh, we'll recap the Broner Pacquiao fight that we were just at. Chilling, getting our urban loitering going, seeing some of the ratchetness, and they were out. So we'll talk about that. But let's get into some of the stuff that went crazy on social media this past week. And one thing I want to start off with, which is someone, one, I don't know if he's in the league anymore, because I haven't heard about him in forever. And at this point, he's Tayana Taylor's husband. But the rumors kicked up that Amon Shumpert done slid to the side, kind of, and had a baby. Turns out that the chick says it's not his. It could be his. It couldn't be. Whatever. But Twitter, Instagram, BSO for all purposes, everyone was digging into this story. And it's like, yo, what's going on? And the prime rumor was Shumpert, Tiana Taylor, you know, they're they're a married couple. They have the right to do whatever they want. They went and got a third, tried a little, you know, a little triangular situation going, invited a nice looking lady into the bedroom, and she got knocked up during that activity. I'm going to say, and this is something a lot of guys don't, every threesome isn't a good threesome. This is an example of how it can go left. Man. Okay, one, Chump is still in the league. He plays for the Kings. So oh, he, that's why I didn't know he was in the league. Yeah, he plays for Sacramento. Sacramento actually got a good record this season. I mean, he does. He has a lot of DMPs, but yeah, he's still in the league. <laughs> um, but two, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think every... Um, the three-way action isn't good because insecurities arise and things like that. This is an extreme of that, 
because I don't think anybody goes into it. Like, man, come on, man. Like, you, your lady, and another chick do a threesome. How does this happen? How do you get the third pregnant? Not your own. You get the other one pregnant. That's what's weird, right? Like, at some point, I, there got to be rules to this. There got to be rules to the game. And once again, I understand people, couples are married. They've been doing their thing. For all accounts, they love each other. So this was agreed upon between them. And, you know, you spice it up. There's no wrong with that. There got to be rules. Like, how about you protect yourself when we're dealing with somebody else that ain't just us? Like, you just go willy-nilly, just raw-dogging it up all the time? I mean, you know, not to get too deep into this, but, <laughs> you know, I'm not a woman, but I would feel some kind of way if my man ejaculated into another woman and not me. That is fair. What are you point. doing? Like, I mean, that's a little extreme, but... There gotta be rules. Rules to the game. Yeah, if this is all true and there's a possibility, Tiana should feel some kind of way like, yo, my my guy, Mr. DNP, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) His soul just came off the bench. He got a little too excited. Yeah, it's like, oh, playing time. It's like, oh, you got a little bit of playing time and you ran, ran amok, but... If that's that, like every every situation like that, like they're dangerous. I mean, I think if you're not in a relationship, it's okay. When you are, it can get like you can't predict what the other person is going to think either, Correct. and how they're going to deal with it. So it's like as much as you think you know somebody, that's just that's just some dangerous water. I mean, I guess Amontiana, they can do it. Maybe you know they got that kind of understanding. That's just it's not my world. Yeah, I'm out of that. And people have that understanding, which is whatever. I, the people that kind of boggled me during this whole situation were the Twitter people and the women on Twitter came out the woodwork and it was I never let my man don't even let him ask for me for a threesome blah 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 and it's the same chicks I saw on you know Instagram talking about "Mm, if I get a shot at Karuchi or Tayana Taylor girl I I'm not I don't like girls but what I would do to Rihanna blah 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 I'm like where where are y'all then like it to me it's a. It was weird to see girls be like, "No, see, this white men should ask for three, so all this stuff." Like, yeah, but this shit happens every day. Not knocking someone up, obviously, but I didn't know like this was the thing on Twitter. This is like the new wave, the anti threesome wave. Because in I real mean, life, it, it's not that prevalent to have an anti threesome wave. Like, I I know some people that know some people, and I feel like it, it's kind of like I don't want to say a norm in my age bracket. But it's definitely not taboo in my age bracket. I feel like there's a lot of people, maybe, you know, it's being more sexually open. There's on Loudspeakers Network, uh, Angela Yee and uh, Horrible Decisions. Both of their shows center around being more sexually open and, and women being able to express their voice and, you know, not having double standards and not. So it, it seems like they have huge followings. Women like that. Horrible Decisions actually gives a lot of women. That, that outlet to pour open and be like, you know what? Yeah, I do be freaking off. Yeah, I, Mandy talks about it on their show all the time. Like, yeah, I, I have sex with all my friends. Like, we have threesome. Like, that's, I feel like it's unspoken kind of, but it is, the taboo is removed. So to see this on Twitter, I was like, y'all lying. You already know how I feel about social media. People be front. It's just one, <laughs> again, it's one big, it's one thing of extremes. It's like either hell yeah or hell no. Nah, there is no in between. So, no middle it, ground. And it's, it, it's gone tomorrow, so it's like people are just going to forget about it. So I could care less what 
the arguments are. Like, I tend to not get involved in that stuff anymore because people don't even really believe what they're saying. They just, like, they see a train they want to ride and they just jump on it. That's very true. But the, the threesome whole conversation brings me to something I've been doing this week and not having threesomes. I, I, I set that up yeah, poorly. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but this week I've been at AVN with people who have threesomes for money. How about that? So I've been at AVN, going to AVN again after recording this show. Um, it is a very wholesome conference now compared to when you used to go yeah. and cover it for work. I am there now. It's a... It's not WWE PG-13, but it is uh, less risque, shall I say, than when you went. Still a fun environment. Uh, I was chilling up in there, seeing some of our listeners' favorite stars, I'm sure. Seeing a couple of uh, performers I may know in there. And it's crazy that now we're, we're in an era where, to me, the most outlandish thing, which was AVN, is now even kind of wrangled back. Like, are, are we going, is this now the time where we go and be like, you know what? Everything's PG-13. Everything is, is the new WWE type era. Or are we just desensitized? Like, because I, I think like this compared to the, the twerk video last week that we talked about. Everyone's like, oh my God, that was, that was what, every week in the 90s? And now oh. it's shocking. Like, I feel like we're, we're in the PG era of life right now. It's, it's kind of, it's tricky because on one hand... Access is one thing like back in like even before like when we you know back in the days when they used to be on VHS like porn was hard to access like you had to find it. <laughs> now it's just like you could just any if you got a wireless connection you can go anywhere you want it's not hard to find this stuff so that it, the access is there which kind of has desensitized us to it but in the mainstream when you put it out in the mainstream people get upset so it's like you got to tone it down a bit so like the convention itself they can't be wilding out. Like they used to, but now you got cell phones and cameras and people everywhere going trying to make things viral. So you got to turn it turn it down a bit. So I I don't think it's I just think we're really desensitized to a lot of stuff. We have access. Like even like remember once upon a time there was a thing called parental advisory stickers on CDs and cassettes, and it's like we still have you, those. You, no, do you? Like I don't know, but who's stopping you from listening to anything? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I haven't physically bought an album in forever, so I don't know if they're still there. I'm pretty sure, like, on iTunes, if I want to listen to the dirty version, I have to find the one with the sticker. Yeah, like, they have the little E for explicit, but... Oh, that's what back, it is, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, like, when you went and bought a CD, like, when you were young and had a parental advisory sticker, and, you know, if you had parents that cared, they'd be like, nah. Like, you, there were hoops you had to go through in order to get the music that you want. Now, if you got a, a wireless connection, you're good. Like, my nephew can listen to whatever he wants. He's 13. He was listening to the future every day. I'm like, what are you doing? But, you know, he <laughs> don't even know what the hell's going on. But it, there's just really, there's no buffer. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I was a kid, going to rated R movies was like, you had to get somebody to buy a ticket. Yeah, that was real. Know. Kids don't even know, you know about that anymore. Nah, they just, they just, I don't even know. They don't go to theaters like that anymore. No, like, no, worse, you can just buy it online. You just fandango yeah. it and just have them click it and you win. So, like, everything is about access, and access makes you desensitize to things. And, you know, in this particular situation with, like, the AVNs and even, you know, the adult entertainment industry, it's like kids are, kids are desensitized. Like, adults are desensitized to it. But you can't put that, like, all the way out there in the mainstream. Like, you can't go on so Well, shoot, you can. Let's you be can. real. People be if busting you, it open on social media. Yeah, go to Tiana Trump's Twitter. Like, you, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. It's like, 
there is no escape. Like you can't get away from it. So it's hard to, to protect your eyes from those things. But you just can't openly acknowledge that it's cool that it's out there. That's really all it is. You can't openly say, man, this is cool. And all your kids should watch it. But just know your kids are looking at this stuff. No, that's a scary sight. Like, I, I really don't need to know. My kids are, are about to be of that age. Like I have a teenager. Like I really don't need her stumbling upon Tiana Trump's Twitter page. Not yet. Right. Yeah, say that for college. Something like, no, no, cover your little eyes still. Um, I mean, like, like the advent of like Facebook and, you know, even back with MySpace, like your kids can be your friend on social media and see what you are doing. That's scary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if they see who you follow and they're like, oh, who is this? <gasps> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a Bella, you know, a Bella Anderson or, you know what I'm saying? Leah Hadid or like all these, these chicks that, that you I love your knowledge of these stars, by the way. And I'm sorry. I feel I like just, you may follow them. <laughs> I, I just know of them. But it's like, but if, if. Like it's it's the fact that your child can be your friend and see whatever wild activities you're into, and then it's like that's crazy. Like once upon a time, as a you know, as a parent, your lifestyle was hidden from your children, yeah. whatever it was that you were doing, and from their friends too. Now it's just like whatever daddy's doing, the whole yeah. world's going no, like good you, or bad. Damn, you got to clear your your cookies and your cash and all all that. Like you got to got to clear your search history from your kids. Damn near yes. nowadays. Oh, and I, I am guilty. Like I don't. It's weird. Like, and not that I like go on like crazy like back page sites or anything, but like even like when my kids come over the summer, um, I'll clear out like my search history, my browser, all that stuff, and I do so one to know what the hell they're going on, and two just because like my work stuff is in there. Um, if people stream pay per view services, not saying that I do. I'm an upstanding citizen and I pay for all my stuff. But if you stream pay-per-view services, sometimes like the ads pop up and those shits are wild too. So like I tried to like clear all that out so there's no clutter. So yeah, it's crazy how much is there. But going to the AVNs, it's like, yo, it should be, this is a place where only adults are and people pay a lot of money to go. I feel like if you want to see a naked titty, you should be able to see a naked titty. Like what are pasties doing really? Like, I see oh, everything. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's always the thing. But that's also the thing, like, you know, AVNs and even, like, E3 for gamers or the CES or whatever conventions, once upon a time, they were super exclusive. They were hard to get into. You had to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. Now you just go online and boop, you're in. So, you know. You I, covered I mean, this, like, damn near 10 years ago. Yeah, I covered my first AVN was 2000, I want to say six or 2005. Oh, shit. It was 10 years ago then. Yeah. The so it was days. like, that was the first one that I covered. So it was like the Wild Wild West out there. Give you know me one crazy story that you saw. Like, what was the atmosphere then compared to now? Now, I'll tell you, it's not that crazy. Like, you'll see a girl like Howard Stern riding a symbiont or something, but she's not naked. Like, that's the wildest shit you'll see. And the sex dolls now. Or crazy looking. I walked by one yesterday. I swear to God, it was a real woman. Yeah, I, that's too. That's too much for me. Yo, they, oh. and they had the VR glasses. So it's the it's the actual chick who's the doll, and you put on the VR glasses, and she's doing wild shit, and then the doll in front of you looks just like her. That's yeah, the creepiest thing. That's I'm good. So I mean, <laughs> when I went, I mean, you know, it was like you, dudes would take pictures with like naked chicks. Like you know, they may have clothes on, and they just whip out a titty and put it on their head or something like that. Like that was common. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was common to do that. I remember um I I think 
was it the year me and AJ went? I can't remember. But it was just like just watching, you know, people interact with porn because it's a lot of weirdos that go to these conventions. Very true. And and I'm not saying like if you if you like porn, you're weird. It's just there's a lot of weirdos at these conventions and watching them like deal with girls. Like I at first, I never really considered the other side of it being a woman to be part of this industry and having these guys just like go nuts over you and just drool. Like that's gotta be kind of weird. So it's like I saw a lot of that. Um and it was just I would see you know, that's a, I think that was like now nah, it, was, it wasn't the first day. It was like one of the times I met DJ Premier. Like I was walking through and Primo walked up. What's up? And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> With the scruffy voice? <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was me and Primo. Like I met Primo at a convention earlier and, you know, he, like he remembered me and we were just walking and he was just like, I have a picture on my Facebook of me and Primo at the AVNs. And he was just like, yo. And I was like, yo. And it was just like that weird, awkward silence for a minute. And it was just like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, yeah, what are you doing here? And I'm like, because like me, I'm working. What are you doing here? And he's just like, I like this life. Like, he was just, <laughs> everybody used to go. And, you, and, you know, I just found out, like, that's how, you know, I met, that's how I met Cinnamon Love. And that's how we got real cool. Just find out she was like a super hip hop head. And we were just really cool. Like, and it was weird because I'm like, man, you're a, you're a porn star. But you got a real life. You know, she's... <laughs> yeah, like you just listening to crazy, like, Black Star and shit, but then you also do porn. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was it was interesting. Like, you know, she... Uh, was she married? Or she was dating or married to Jerobi for a while from A Tribe Called Quest. I was like, man, that's really some hip-hop shit in the porn industry. <laughs> I, personally, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't marry somebody who's in that industry. That's just... That's just too much. So, like, I'll be seeing dudes, like, talking about wife and Tiana Trump, and I'm like, yo. Mm, no, no, no. Can't do it. We just mm-hmm. talked about you can't wife a chick who twerks. We damn sure can't do this. And they're nice mm-hmm. people. I mean, you, you go to these things, you know, like you, you meet them, especially with being media, they're kind of like shields down a little bit. So maybe they can yeah. be like normal for a second. Like you said, and guys not drooling over them. You don't want anything crazy, like a titty on your head, I guess. Uh, so like they, they open up and they're just normal ass people. They're cool people, whatever. Um, I go with my fiance every year. So like they really talk to her and they like, have normal ass conversations and i was like oh, okay they're normal ass people but then next thing you know it's like oh yeah you have like 90 videos online that shit's wild so yeah it's a whole a whole different lifestyle so um going to the last day of that today trying to get that done and over with so our weekend starts one thing that consumed my life and i didn't get to go to avians on wednesday the first day is because I was here at the crib and I couldn't leave. I was stuck on this fire festival documentary joint. And I didn't even I didn't even get to the Hulu one yet. Which I guess has oh. more of the details and nuts and bolts of stuff. Yeah, you did it backwards. You should have watched the Hulu one first and then the Netflix one. See, I watched the Netflix one and automatically uh, there's a guy on that show who was helping <laughs> who has something in common with the women at AVN. So, uh, off rip, the guy, without fear, he didn't bat an eye, saying that he was willing to uh, give some toppy for a bundle of water is mind-boggling. And it shows you the shit show that was this fire festival and how they would do anything to make it work. I, the first thing, after I was done, I was like, white privilege is fucking amazing. Like, to have white privilege, like the Billy kid... That's just nothing but white privilege. He ain't have shit. People just kept giving him money. Yo, I mean, it's it's really it's disgusting because you see like Billy McFarlane 
He's doing six years, right? He's probably gonna get out on good behavior and like, what is he doing six? Something six. like that. He's probably yeah, gonna get out on good behavior. Yeah, he's probably gonna get out on good behavior, and it's not like a leopard changes. Like he's he's not going to be a different guy. I mean, the fact that this dude got out on bail. I'm sorry if you haven't watched it. Too bad. But the fact that this dude got out on bail and immediately started scamming again, immediately as Frank. Like, here's the funny thing. I have emails from the Fire Festival people in my. I was going through my emails. I was showing my wife. I was like, "Yo, I got emails from them," but he immediately started scamming. Like trying to sell tickets to the Grammys, VIP tickets. They don't exist. They don't. I've been to the Grammys. I've covered the Grammys. You know, I, I was in the pit. Like I had to, I worked the Grammys. There is no such thing as a ticket that you can buy for VIP access. But he was scamming. Meanwhile, you know, if your boy is caught selling weed on the corner, you know, or if he gets his third strike, he's doing a life sentence. Mm-hmm. This dude scamming millions millions like and and people like some people will be like i don't understand the white privilege of it first and foremost you have to have access to somebody with millions to be able to scam them for millions that's the start most black people we don't even have that angle now nah, like, you're trying to scam people for 20 dollars in gas money that's what i'm saying like you don't have <laughs> that kind of access you don't have that kind of access now i will give him like he was a smart dude like some people most scam artists are yeah, they, but he says, you know, you got to use your powers for good instead of evil. And my man was a salesman. If nothing else, like if he worked at like Chevy, he could probably sell a ton of cars, right? But once he starts trying to organize the event or once he sees things are going south, he's not the man's voice, whose voice you need to hear. You need to have somebody else to reel it in because all he's trying to do is sell Yeah, at, by any means necessary. You should have had a logistics guy. Yeah, like you have to have somebody say no. And they did. They had somebody say no and they got rid of him. He was like, yo, these tents aren't going to work. And I was like, all right, see you later. Yeah. Get a new job. And it was just like, that. I mean, the whole Fire Festival documentary, like, it was fascinating. I watched them both. Like, me and my wife watched both of them. And we just had this conversation because, you know, my wife's going to law school and she's been, you know, she's done real estate. She's been a real estate broker for, goddamn, tw- uh, 15 years. Goddamn. Yeah, she's a real estate for, broker. Yeah, since, I, since I've known you. Yeah. So it's like she's fascinated by this stuff because it's like you watching white people get away not with murder, but it's like with murder financially. Mm-hmm. And you go, you go back to the, the real estate collapse and you see these guys getting bailouts. That's white privilege. We can't get away with stuff like that. We can't. I know everybody's talking about Ja Rule, but Ja Rule's just the, the dummy that was out there. I mean, listen he was to the ja- public face. He was like one of the models damn near. He was just, he was the puppet for this kid. Yo, listening to some of the things that he was saying on like conference calls it was like yo he's the idiot like you don't listen to ja rule i mean seriously <laughs> that final your... pro- conference call i was like oh. yo and they were just looking at him like what the fuck like, but, but, but again again and you go back to white privilege and billy mcfarland because if billy mcfarland would have said what ja rule was saying then be like all right cool some of them would have at least because i guess they felt like they could trust him even though he was a bona fide liar yeah it yo the whole fire thing it's it's insane, but I feel bad for nobody that's involved in that. None. Because, you. I mean, really, you bought $10,000 ticket, $15,000 ticket, and then loaded 5000 on a wrist on a wristband? Come on. Come on. Like, look, look, look. Yeah, like, if you have that much disposable income as, like, a college student, yo. You're going to be all right. <laughs> like, yo, mad people would be like, oh, that's, that's sad to say. Like, yo, there are, there are people in Flint, Michigan need water. Right. Yeah. I'm not worried about your ass being able to go to a fake island to see goddamn Blink at 182. You deserve to be scammed. For real. Damn Blink 182. I like Blink 182. And I want to see them with the like, bombs. I ain't paying 15K. 
No, man, those, some of those people are paying like $200,000 trying to get a villa. Or like, what? I could you- buy the villa. You tell me what island it is? I, I feel like, again, this is also just not being culturally aware. I go to Puerto Rico. I go to islands, all this stuff. I know how people live on islands. You can legit buy that entire villa and have it for the rest of your life for 100000 but hundred thousand. That shit could have been your villa. You could have been the only person on the island with an actual villa because you owned it. But with that two hundred thousand, and that goes to the whole advent of social media. Everybody wants to be a part of something. So when this whole thing came up, there were people that was like, "Yo, I don't want to have FOMO. I don't want to have fear of missing out. So I need to go and I'll, I'll spend whatever it takes." So that's where I give McFarland and his crew the whole fire idea to allure these rich kids to be a part of something. Because that's one thing that I've recognized that I have that other people don't have and they're willing to pay me for it is access. Like I've been to things and I've never had to pay for them. Right. But other people will pay top dollar. Like, yo, we'll talk about Pacquiao Broner, but I was walking with my credential, not even my fight night credential, my temporary media credential to do like the weigh in and everything else. People were trying to buy it off of me. And we're just like, yo, oh my God. And I'm like, People just pay for access. They want to be a part of something. Yo, the Connor, like, the Connor Mayweather fight. Oh my! Someone goodness. offered me three hundred for my credential. It was like after the fight, it, just just to have it, three hundred. It's insane. It's like you want this. Like yo, there was a girl who followed me on social media, who would like take my pictures of fights and post them as if they were hers on her social media. And she would get mad people following. Because she would post like a picture of herself. Because she would be at the fight. Yeah. Not, but not in the fight. Like she would be at the MGM while I was in the fight. She would take a picture of herself like in the lobby. And then post a picture of me, you know, my vantage point ringside. And be like, oh, I'm at the fight. And it's like, yo, that's like a whole nother level of thirst. And I've a whole done that level of access. Like, like I've just that like when we come into the floor, we're about to get our seat. They'd be like, yo, just take a couple pictures when you're walking on the floor and let me get those. I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I'll send them like three pictures and they'll be like, oh, look at where I'm. And it's not even on like our meteor seats. It's just like right when you enter the tunnel. And I'm like, yo, I'm at the fight. Oh, blah, blah, get on my level. I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'm gonna fuck. Like, you can have this picture. But that, yo, you, you realize how wild that is? And then that's going to fire, like this fire thing. These kids have tons of money. And the disposable income that they can pay to do whatever they want. And they pay just to be a part of something. Yeah, faking so, yeah. the funk, I never understood. Like, I, I understand we have pretty cool seats to stuff. We do have opportunities other people don't. Um, I guess while we're there, we kind of get lost in that sometimes. But we, we do. We get to see a lot of cool shit for no money. We get paid to do so. Um, it takes a shitload of work, which people don't see. The, my favorite line is... Oh, you're going to be at this fight? Yo, you got a hookup? You got tickets? Oh, do you get extra... T- Yo, can I carry a camera? Can I carry a laptop? Like, what do you think they're going to give me and a valet money? You going to be my valet? Like, <laughs> like what, what are you, you're my advocate? You're Paul Heyman? Like, they're not going to let me in with someone else. Like, I do it this is. for work. Yeah. But then they see the pictures like, oh my God, you're so lucky. Like, I'm not lucky. I sleep four hours, four hours a day. You know, but the work goes into this shit. So people, yeah, they, they don't understand. But for the access, boy, they'll do anything, which is my biggest thing. I'm so glad. Got my fiance, chilling. Got the crib we want. Got the life I want. Because I, I wouldn't be able to be single in this world. 
Because no. women do stupid shit for access. And then when you take that access away, boy, it puts you on the summer jam screen. So yeah, I, could, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So that's yeah, man, that that's wild. Um the one thing I want to ask for you and, and the tie into this is what's one thing you had to do for a friend? Like what's the wildest shit you had to do for a friend? Because obviously, like I touched on to start the segment, the dude who was the crisis manager kind of who was brought in was willing to give head to the head of this water organization to get water on the island and save the show. He said it so nonchalant and calmly that it's the wildest shit ever. He's like, yeah, I went home, I took a shower, I brushed my teeth, and I was ready to do it. I was like, what? Like, no, I'm not selling my body for some damn pallets of water. Get the fuck out of here. But he was down for the cause. What's the crazy shit you had to do for a friend? Obviously not to that length. But people I have some shit. I, I don't know. Like, you put me on the spot, and I don't know. Like, the fact that that... that visual of this guy who was like <laughs> in his like mid to late 40s was willing to do this i can't get out of that in my head when it comes to the level of wild so my level is mild so there's nothing I yeah can't. my my level is far from that i remember uh my friend and it was years ago i might have been like 19 i was back in new york i was 19 and my friend who was in college all this stuff um he was a stockbroker or then you know preparing to be a stockbroker he was in school for that and he had a summer internship, and he's now a stockbroker to this day, great stockbroker. But he's a uh, Jamaican, and he went to school like uh, he went to like a good college, all this shit. But his summer internship, when he came back to New York, he needed a drug test, and he smoked mad weed. He's just a super smart kid, smoked mad weed. He was like, "Yo, I need this internship, like I need it." And I was like, "Yo, I never smoked in my life." I was like, "Create a plan. We're gonna make it work." So I remember. Like, literally having, and I couldn't, like, OD drink water because you'll flush the test out. So I had to, like, get, like, a Ziploc baggie with, like, we cut open, like, a soda bottle and put that in there. And I had to, like, pee into this Ziploc baggie. And it had to be, like, so precise. And then he had to strap it to his leg and I had to fucking tape this Ziploc baggie to his thigh, which he had to shave first. So it wouldn't rip all his fucking hair off and they hear him scream. Because the guy like stands outside of the urinal while you, you pee. Like, and it was like a legit ass piss test. You like the guy watching you kind of walk in to the stall, I guess. So we had to do that and tape my piss to his leg, go in there, and he used it for his piss test and got the internship. And today he's a stockbroker on Wall Street. Hmm. Yep, never had to do anything like that. Yeah, so that what he like and he called me maybe. 30 minutes before he had to go, like, fuck, I'm going to fail this. I was like, no, nah, I got you. Like, got to piss. Got to give you my piss. Like, it is what it is. And he walked and he caught the train from the Bronx to downtown Manhattan with piss on his leg. Because I taped it when we were in this crib. It's a smooth hour tra- commit with pits on his leg. But he passed his test and now he's stockbroker. That, yeah. That's friendship. So, yeah, I was like, yo, I do some wild shit for friends. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, never doing, like, some shit. Like, I'm never holding your drugs or anything. But if someone needs a piss test, I'm always passing it. Unlike John Jones, which we'll get to in a second. Um, the other thing that really riled me up before we got to get into combat sports here in a second. Um, real quick, what do you think about the MAGA kids getting invited to the White House? I mean, I'm not surprised. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, what else? What, what else can you say? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you chant shit at Native American men, and it's cool nowadays. I, I guess it's it's the president loves you if you do that, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't want basketball teams there, but he'll take these kids. Like it's cruel love for him. He's like, oh, it's it's cruel. So this that was cruel love. Like he was, they were looking out. They, they are they are the kids that are going to keep Trump in office. That's yeah, of course. ridiculous. Like, do you understand? Like, I like the Corner Club members. Shout out to you guys for buying the Patreon and everything else, supporting the show. And we get the merch and all this stuff. Do you know how embarrassed I'd be if a bunch of Corner Club people in hats and goddamn it, Kel t shirts and other merch were just, just went viral, like yelling shit? Imagine if they were just like women are like marching for women's rights and they're just out there shouting like Corner Club chants. Like in their face and antagonize them. Like, you know how embarrassed I'd be? Yeah, but that's had, because. Yeah, like, they don't give a fuck. Like, Trump's like, nah, nah, come party with me. Good luck. Yeah, like, Trump's like, word. That's what I've been looking for my whole life. So it's like, of course he's going to invite them down there. So Free when promo. I. When I, yeah, when I saw it, I was just like, and, like, I just. I'm not surprised by any of this. I will. You're desensitized like, by social media, by the way. I am. I am. You are desensitized by. Yeah, I'm over a lot of stuff. I'm over getting riled up over a lot of things. Like I'm over a lot of it. But I will tell people to, um, if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of you do, go and watch Michael Moore's Trump documentary. Um, what the hell is it called? It's not. It's Fahrenheit 11.9. That's what it's called. Fahrenheit 11.9. It's about Trump um, getting in office. And, and this, this is a big portion about Flint, Michigan that's really engaging and interesting. Um, but I suggest people watch that. Like, if there's things that get riled up on, like, don't get me wrong. The things that happen on social media, it's not like I watch them and just be like, oh, oh, well. But I just don't it's, – it's nothing for me to get super upset about because I need to do something about it, right? Whether it's writing about it, I need to do something about it. Um, even, like, the Laquan McDonald thing, which a lot of people – I don't know if a lot of people paid attention to. Like, the cop, he's doing six years, I believe, um, for shooting and killing Laquan McDonald. But the interesting about it is – you know, the, all the cops that were complicit in getting rid of the footage, like I th- think it was like a Circle K or 7-Eleven, they got rid of that footage. Um, all the, the, the body, like some of the body cameras, the mics, they threw them on roofs. Like they were complicit in trying to get this dude off because he just showed up and shot Laquan McDonald a ton of times, which was murder. And if anybody's seen it about the kid who had the knife and he shoots, the, the cop shoots him and he spins down the ground and he shoots him like 16 times. Right. Like the 16 shots. That's murder. Like, you weren't even trying to incapacitate the guy. You were trying to murder him. But, you know, like, people talk about it on social media, but then it's here today and gone tomorrow. Like, those things linger with me. And, you know, so I, it's like, me getting mad a bunch of, about a stupid bunch of kids in red hats going to Trump's house, nah, I can't, I can't get all pissed off about this. Bigger things to worry about. No, I feel you. Um, yeah, man, that shit was just shy. I was like... They're just yelling at people and get an invite. Okay, that's where we are in 2019. Uh, so let's talk about combat sports, though. We'll, we'll leave Trump alone for today. I had enough Trump today at work with this fucking, you know, government shutdown and shit. So let's move on to combat sports. Let's talk about our weekend last week. Broner versus Pacquiao. We were at the fight. Um, the urban loitering was better than I thought. You weren't yeah. lying. It was not bad. There was a lot of thigh tattoos. Uh, I saw sure. I saw Mad Ice. I think I might have saw my first real deal ass fur, and that was um, the Migo kid's girlfriend. Sweetie, yeah. Sweetie, yeah. 
Is it like three syllables in Sweetie now? It's just S A H W E E T I E. Sweetie. So weedy. All right. Well, that's that's quite interesting. I'd like to meet that woman's mama. So like, why do I know that? Why do I know that? I'm sorry. I'm still part of this business, but yes. <laughs> but she had like the real deal as like white fur on. Yeah. Broner had the Fashion Nova fur, which is like faux fur. The sweetie chick had like the real deal as fur. And uh, Quavo, like his necklace, like you see him from across the way. Quavo had floor seats. He was two rows back. Mark Davis was in the crowd, four rows up on the bleachers. Like it was an ROH show. Like he didn't care about floor. I was like, Mark Davis, you got more money than everyone in here. You're a billionaire. It was him, Dolo, no security, uh, about a 35, 40-year-old white woman next to him who might be his girlfriend, wife. I don't know. Maybe it's his wife. She just looks really young. Next to him, and that's it. Zab Judah came up, gave him a pound. He gave him, he gave him the real deal ass, like, pound, hug the back. I was like, yo, Mark Davis is really just a random-ass man of people. So it was, it was that. Saw Shady McCoy in the hallway. A bunch of girls chasing him. Shady, like running after him and shit. They could just smell the money. It was a, it was a crazy, crazy night. I saw a lot of dudes faking the funk, trying oh, to get. Yeah. Oh man, that line to get downstairs into the floor seats. People were like, no, this I'm here. They're like, no man, you upstairs. You got to enter. No, no, yo, girl, hold on, let me call. They try and call fake people. You're calling fake people to get you on a floor seat that doesn't exist. Yeah. Access. <laughs> just just got to play it off for their girl. The girl's like, I thought we were going to be down here. Yo, they fucked up my seats. They got to go upstairs. I'm Don't work like, like that. I'm like, yo, it is crazy up in here. And I was like, all right, man. And then the fight itself between Broner and Pacquiao, that I wasn't surprised on. Urban Loitering kind of had me. Remind me, you know, I was having Mayweather fight flashbacks. But, yeah, the, the fight itself, I thought it went to par. Broner, Broner's Broner. He doesn't throw enough. He didn't show up. That's what I said he was. But before, before we talk about Broner, can we talk about Badu Jack having a, becoming a Cyclops? Oh, God. Yeah, so he got split to the white meat. Um, he's going to have the illest Harry Potter-style lightning bolt scar on his forehead. Because I think he said he had something like upwards of 103 stitches. He had 103 stitches. He had to have plastic surgery. That's wild. And finish the fight. You would look at it and be like, no, it'll stop after that. Or, yo, that happened in like the 10th or 11th round. He fought the, what, the entire second half of the fight? Happened in the 7th? Yeah. Like, oh, God. I, like, so from my vantage point, like, I saw when the headbutt happened. And, you know, you see the cut, and I'm like, oh. And I remember, I forgot who's sitting next to me. Um, can't remember. Whoever was sitting next to me, I was like, yo, he's cut. I'm looking. I'm like, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. <laughs> and it's getting bigger. And it's getting and like yeah, like it kept getting bigger. And I'm like, Tony. That was my question. Like, it wasn't that big to start. Like it ripped periodically through the fight. Yeah. Oh, that's it just, horrible. It was oh. like it the headbutt when it first when the head when they when him uh Marcus Brown clashed heads, you could see the cut forming. And, and it was immediate. It was like, oh, there's a cut. Like, Dan Raphael was like two seats down. And he was like, was that a butt? And I was like, yeah, that's a butt. And it was a headbutt. And then you just watched it. And as every round progressed and it just started, it was more and more. And I was just like, yep. And, it, you know, because we, I, you know, we don't 
I was looking at the monitor because, like, the Spanish commentary team was directly in front of me. So I was looking at their monitor they in the show. Like four rows behind you. I gotta get on your level, man. I, I'm still three, four rows behind you. I had to squint <laughs> to see the monitors, to see the cut, and checking Twitter. But it's like watching that and then watching Tony Weeks' shirt turn into a murder scene. Oh. Referee Tony. <laughs> like, that was one of the worst cuts I think I've ever seen in a fight. Like, I've never. And then the worst part is Chris de Blasi was the head of PR at Showtime. He went back to, to Badu's locker room after the fight. And he came back and Chris was like, Andreas, I'm going to show you something. And he was like, he shows me a picture of Badu smiling in the locker room. And he was like, but the funny thing is, he was like, I said, Badu, let me take a picture. So he was like, I guess the adrenaline was still going. So Badu wasn't really in pain. But he's like, when Badu starts smiling, the cut spreads even more. Oh, and you can yeah. Start and he takes a picture and he shows me this picture of the cut wide open. I'm like, man, I can see this man's skull. Like, it was, <laughs> ah, man, it was one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my life. And then just seeing that picture, like, de Blasio, I love you, dude, but you should never show me that. Like, I was disgusted. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Man. Tony Weeks just looked like he stepped out of the worst horror film. Like, straight Freddy versus Jason, just, oh, man, that shit was bananas. And he was just chilling with it. Like, I just put my little gloves on. I'm good. I'm like, Tony, what do you mean? Like, it's up to the collar. If I get blood in my mouth, I'm out. That's the end of the night. Like, how do you even yeah. ref through that? And how do you stop a fight because of a cut after this? If you let that go, you let anything go. I mean, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah that's anyway, but that was like, yeah, that, that was the most exciting thing, per se, of the night. Between that and the pyro that was had everybody shook in the arena yo, when Broner and Pacquiao made their entrances. I almost, hit the, yo, I almost hit the low crouch. The low crouch and run took me back to the project days when they were shooting in the, in the uh, summer tournaments. Yeah, like the first thing I said, and I can't remember who heard me. It might have been Keith Eider from Boxing Scene. I was like, I'm black. Y'all got to stop. Yeah. Because There's too many black that, people in here for that. Yeah. There was no warning that pyro was going off, right? And usually there's no, there's no pyro. Like, this is the second time it's happened to me. Staples Center, when Wilder came out, they had pyro. And then, you know, I was ready to run then. This time <laughs> I was like, yo, like, y'all not getting no live blog tonight. There's going to be no Twitter play-by-play. I'm out. You're like, you got to chill. And then they did it for Pacquiao, too. Dude, the Eye of the Tiger. I'm like, what the hell? You, got, you doing pyro for Eye of the Tiger? Like, this is ridiculous. But that was all the fireworks that we got. Because from then on out, the fight was just... Oh, was one Pacquiao landed some. Yeah, yeah, Pacquiao provided some. Like he hit Broner with a nasty body shot, like in the seventh. I was like, "Ooh, I thought that was gonna take him out." Broner survived, so that's kudos to him. But that's all he did was survive. And then at the end, he had the nerve to stand up on the on the ring post and pound his chest, and then act like they robbed him. Yo, my man landed fifty punches the entire fight. I'm no mathematician, 50. but that has to be around six around. His high in any round was eight. The most punches he landed in a round was eight. To compare for people who don't really pay that much attention, guys like Leo Santa Cruz throw 100 punches a round, right? And damn near they may land 50 in a round. Yeah, like, they, you know, Santa Cruz can land at like a 30% clip. So that's at least 30 punches, right? Like, there's guys that have landed six, seven, 800 punches in a fight. It's ridiculous. 50? And you think you won the fight? 50. But I told, but it was what I said from the beginning. Broner doesn't believe in his own skill. All that, all that machismo shit that he does has nothing to do with his skill because he doesn't believe in his own ability. Because no. a man, when he throws punches, when he leads instead of follows, he can fight. But if you don't believe you can lead the dance, if you're scared of getting clipped, you're never going to lead. So all Broner's doing now, 
is is trying to preserve his career by surviving against guys like Pacquiao so he can get another check. Yeah, man. Like that's that's really all it is. Maidana stole his soul. He's never been the same. But I mean, no, but even before Maidana, like, yes, Maidana did wreck him. But if you go back and watch the Paulie Malignaggi fight, the same yeah, thing happened. That was closer for no reason. We're kind of like mind boggled. Like Paulie thought he won that fight because Broner wasn't throwing or not. But the, but the thing is, is like when Broner was fighting at 130, the man could pot shot and get guys out of there because he was stronger than a lot of them, right? Because he was young, he was able to take off the weight, so it wasn't that hard for him to to build back up the day of the fight, and he'd be, just be naturally bigger than guys, mm-hmm. bigger than the Gavin Reeves, and bigger than all those guys that he fought. You know, uh, Jason Litzow, like he was just bigger than them. When he moved up, you can't pot shot. You got to be active. One punch ain't taking nobody out. You don't have the impeccable timing of Juan Manuel Marquez. You don't, you don't have that ability. So you got to be a more active fighter. And he refuses to do so. And when he got clipped in the seventh, when, when Pacquiao landed that straight left, he turned into Joshua Clotty. He just covered up and was trying to land one big counter, but it was never there because Pacquiao's no dummy. Like He knew it was coming. There was nothing that surprised him about that fight. So, yeah, your man, your man Broner, he's just – he's not – like. He's one of the most frustrating people I've ever seen fight because you see the talent, but he just will not put it together. Because I guess you could call it, he's a mental midget. The man, the man does not believe in himself. I don't care what he says. No, yeah, I agree, and I don't, I don't even know where he goes from here. I, I don't know if he lands another marquee fight because he's just not he exciting does. when he gets in there. Dude, he does, and I, I, I said it during fight week. And I don't know. I might have said it on Twitter. The one person that could fight Adrian Broner right now, and and get attention is Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman fights Jose Cito Lopez on Saturday. And Thurman has said time and time again, this is my get back year. Like next year, I want to fight for all the titles, but I need to get back because he's been out for he's 22 months. Thurman's been out. Yeah. So if you want to fight that people will pay attention to, that's low risk, high reward. It's Adrian fucking Broner. That's it. That's you everyone's low risk. <laughs> like, but, but that's what I'm saying. But like, but like, it's either it's either Thurman or Danny Garcia fights Adrian Broner next. One of those guys. They both need to get back fight against a guy with a name that will talk up the fight, will market and sell the fight. And I personally think it'll be Keith Thurman because Thurman holds a title. Thurman is in a get back year. Thurman, like my writer, uh, one of our writers, shadowed him this week during a uh, fight week. So he they were at him while he was cutting weight. And just listen to him talking. He was like, he was like, no, I want to fight Pacquiao. I want to fight Earl Spence. You know, I don't like the way that Thurman goes about how he tries to say these things because I feel like you don't tell people you're going to fight somebody in two years, like when he did with Earl Spence. Like fans don't want to hear that shit. Not at all. But I think he does want to fight these guys, and he does need to get back into shape. But Broner's the perfect guy. He's the perfect guy that ain't going to punch back, that you can beat up on, and you can make a nice little payday. It doesn't need to be pay per view. You can put that fight on Fox. And I guarantee you it'll do high numbers because even though Broner sucks, we saw all those people that came out to watch him fight. People, 400,000 pay-per-views, and it's not all Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao had the perfect dance party. Pacquiao versus Tim Bradley or uh, Jesse Vargas wasn't doing those numbers. But Broner? Well, come see him. Yeah, I mean, he's run out of options of people to beat him up. Oh, he is. It's going to be a sad end after that. Um, for Pacquiao, though, Pacquiao has a ton of options. But the one option I thought we were going to get, that a lot of people thought we were going to get, was Floyd Mayweather, who was sitting ringside for this fight. I thought, you know, they were going to start building up the rematch, and they really didn't. So it kind of felt anticlimactic. I still think Floyd comes out of retirement, and we see that fight in September. Uh, I think you're of a different opinion. 
But I think that's the way for Manny to go. If not, he's going to get fed to one of these young lions here in a second. You know, he looked really good, and it'll be a competitive fight. But I think he he's thinking that he'll be a world champion again on like the big scale. And I'm not sure if he can hang with the Errol Spences of the world or even the Sean Porters at this point. Um, yeah, I, like I said before, but, you know, I, I won't put all my eggs in one basket. I don't think Floyd's coming out of retirement for that fight. And the main reason why is the fight did 400,000 buys. Like, I think Floyd's looking at it like, is it really worth it to come out of retirement to do this? Because, and then what? Like, are, we're not going to come close to 4.6 million. Not even close. Not, not within, not even within 2 million. They, they'd probably be like, maybe do 2.4, right? Maybe. I don't, I don't think Floyd really wants to fight. I don't think he wants to train. Like people say the money talks. Yeah, that's true. But everything else that goes into putting that fight together, like Conor McGregor was low risk, high reward. Yeah. Like Floyd just had to roll out of bed to fight that fight. Beating up tension was low risk, high reward. He rolled out of bed to fight that fight. He actually still has to train to fight Manny Pacquiao. Whether you believe the shoulder injury or not, Floyd turns 42 next month. And he knows what, like the one thing that Floyd is very competent of is how his body feels. And I don't think I, I don't think he really is interested in training for another Pacquiao fight, for a competitive fight. I don't think I just don't think he does. I could be wrong. Like this could get talked up, but there was no buzz this week about a Pacquiao uh, Mayweather rematch after the Broner fight. There, you, we didn't hear it on all the talking head shows. So if it didn't happen now, I don't think you can. It's, it's going to be really hard to build that fight up. I don't think it's there. But pa- like. Pacquiao is good enough to give somebody like Danny Garcia a hell of a fight. Pacquiao is good enough to fight a Keith Thurman. Sean Porter is a fight that's just... I don't think the reward ain't there for fighting Sean Porter. It's not that Sean Porter is like... uh, But the belt is there. Like, if you want to be a champion, if you have to, quote-unquote, pick off one of the champions that are beatable, I don't think that's the case, but... But that's the hard part. Like, Sean Porter... Sean Porter is a problem for a different set of reasons. Like, a lot of people don't like his style... But it's like it's a physical style. It's a physical style that I don't know if Pacquiao if Freddie Roach really want to deal with. Somebody like Danny Garcia who try to counter you the whole fight, it's a good mm-hmm. fight for you. You know, Keith Thurman, we don't know exactly where one time is at. He hasn't been one time in a, couple, a few years now. He hasn't knocked anybody out with one punch. That's a fight you could deal with. But Sean Porter, it's a little bit too physical. And Sean Porter's not a draw like any, any of the aforementioned names. Errol Spence, if Errol Spence beats up Mikey Garcia... You really don't want that fight because Errol Spence is too goddamn big. You may want to fight Mikey Garcia, though. That may be the fight that you want to go to. Oh, yeah. Got I mean, because the size-wise, it works with Mikey. Yeah, like, Pacquiao has plenty of options after this fight. He could do what he wants. I mean, being around him last week, like, from Tuesday through the week, just kind of being around Manny, he's happier than I've ever really seen him. Like, you can tell that there's, like, a different weight that's been lifted off his shoulders. It's not really pressure to win. It's like he's really enjoying what he's doing again. So I think he, you know, he wants the most money he can get, obviously. And I think Al Heyman will get him the most money. But he's not, you know, he's not like going through the motions. Like when I interviewed him before the Marquez fight when he got knocked out, I could tell that Manny Pacquiao was tired and drained. It was just like it was rigorous and he wasn't smiling as much. This week, he was elated to fight. (laughs) So, you know, it's like I think he enjoys fighting again. Um Listen, it's nice, it's nice to back. fight when you ain't owe the tax man no more, man. Yeah, when like you got that. You yeah, you're in good shape. No so, tax man. You actually get all your money now, probably. You know, Aram ain't taking 
you know, his chunk off the rookie deal. I feel like Pacquiao signed the rookie deal, never read up. I think I think Pacquiao, I mean, he's got another pay-per-view fight. It'll be against some one of these bigger names. It'll happen. Mayweather fight, I just don't see that happening. I'm I don't see the buzz being there right now. Yeah, I'm hoping we get that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, just recap the UFC real quick and talk wrestling. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman, everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store none of that anymore you get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to casper mattresses yeah man i mean i, I gotta get my rest so casper mattresses is, is the goods i'm telling you right now so listen you can get fifty dollars off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner that's one word the corner that's casper.com backslash the corner promo code t-h-e-c-o-r-n-e-r terms and conditions apply all right so we are back and it's time to talk mma um we're gonna start off real quick john jones failed the test you surprised i'm not surprised tell me you're surprised it's the pulsing thing man i mean i'm gonna be honest at this point i don't even know how pulsing works like seven years ain't shit in your system seven years this is not bubble gum but they're saying it's such a finite amount. Like, look, he cheated. That was then. Like, if he's been reinstated and he's going by the rules, well, then there it is. Like, I really don't care. He's fighting Anthony Smith in March here in Vegas. Nevada State Athletic Commission is probably going to clear him after doing an investigation because there's not even, like, a, a, enough to even constitute, like, a, a true failed drug test. It's just there is still remnants in the system. But – Sean Jones, he reaps what he sows, so he he deserves all the scrutiny, regardless. No, yeah, I understand. It's just and bless everyone's heart for saying, you know what? Oh, it's fine. I don't care if he's on rocket fuel. I'll go out there and beat him, like Gustafson said, and now Anthony Smith can be on anything under the sun. It doesn't matter. It does matter. He's already the best fighter in the world. If he's on anything, you stand no chance. You damn near didn't stand a chance anyway. So people are taking the fights, and it's just like, understand, okay, you're not cheating anymore. But if there's a trace element, if there's .008 of something still in your body, I'm in my mental, I'm thinking you're .008 better than you should be. And you're going to whoop my ass anyway. Well, what's the alternative? Not fight for the title? Yeah, I guess you got to take it when Dana gives it to you. It's just a shitty situation for people to be in. The hell with John Jones, the other fighters, but... You think Dana cares about that? <laughs> like, we know that answer. Um, UFC on ESPN Plus was last week, you know, debut card. A couple of good fights on there. We'll just take some of the talking points. Cowboy Cerrone on ESPN. A lot of eyes on him because it came right after a Duke basketball game, I think. Yep. Um, so it had great placement. People watched on ESPN. He wins, calls out Conor McGregor. I think he did enough to land that fight, and I think it's a perfect fight for both of them. How long have I been saying this now? You've been that saying is it for the quite perfect, some time. like that is the perfect fight. Is it's, it's Cowboy is just dangerous enough to be a viable threat, but not like 
top tier and Connor needs a get back win and he could get it against Donald. If he loses Donald, then you just, you know, proper whiskey your ass right out the door. You're done. Yeah, and I think Donald's a winnable fight for him, obviously. Striker versus striker. I think Connor's an elite striker. Damn near can strike with anyone. Um, my concern would be what if he gets clipped like Khabib clipped him? Cowboy's going to choke his ass out. If this well, goes yeah, to the ground at all, Cowboy's choking him out. Could, it's not Khabib laying on you. It's not going to be a slow death. It's Cowboy gets people the hell out of there. Elite level grapplers he's choked out. Yes, Cowboy's jiu-jitsu is one of the most underrated elements of his game. If he hurts you, he's going to finish you. And he could hurt Connor. You know, there's a lot of things that, that go into that fight. It's just Cowboy's had one of the most interesting MMA careers ever. Because if you watch it, like when he's rolling through guys, he's murdering people. And he's just beating the hell out of everybody. Then he runs into a guy like Anthony Pettis who hits him with a body kick in like 40 seconds. The fight's over. Or Rafael Dos Anjos who just trucked him when they fought. So it's like you, like you have an idea which Cowboy is showing up. But there's just nights where Cowboy's just off. And I don't think I don't think he'd be off for a you know a fight with Connor, but it's the perfect fight, man. Like these two have talked to each other since I want to go all the way back to the press conference with Dos Anjos yep. and Connor. Red Penny night. When, it started yeah, with those when, two. Hmm? When Cowboy was sitting right behind him, talking. So it's like this is the perfect fight. Cowboy doesn't have a lot of fights in him. He and more than anything else, Cowboy deserves a massive payday. Like Forget all, uh, you know, people will forget this, will remember this when I say it, but for, forget about the fact that Cowboy, you know, he hung out with Trump. He's kind of, He seems like a MAGA guy. He's an immigration guy. As, as far as a, fight is, a fighter is concerned, Cowboy's the guy who deserves a big payday. Right? Fighting five times a year, you know, hopping in a month after. Like, he's done anything that company has wanted. So, yes, he deserves a payday. Yeah, like, he's a company guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's he's the he's the company man who will they fight should, anybody at any given moment. They should definitely give him that check and not Diaz. Even though I understand the oh. profitable, but for all purposes, them and Diaz bunt heads all the time. The guy got his biggest payday and bounced on you for two and a half years, three years. I'd say you give it to a guy who fights every two months. If yeah. you're just talking good business. So. I agree. And again, it's just like you, you know, Nate Diaz is completely unreliable at this point in his career. So you don't know if he wants to fight. He's probably still living off that that two point one million he got off of Connor. So it's like you don't care. Like he lives a minimalist lifestyle. No big deal. It was enough Cowboy, to buy him a weed farm and cash it. Yeah, like he's good. But, you know, Cowboy, it's a fight that people would really want to see. I want to see that fight. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Yeah, I like it. Um, Greg Hardy DQ'd. Does Greg Hardy get another fight? Of course he does. Of course he gets another okay. fight. Well, a lot of people but, are acting like, oh, this is it. Like, CM Punk got a second fight, and he got worked. And to me, Greg Hardy, again, he he lost because of the gas tank. You can't prepare for that. You can't prepare oh. for how hard it is to go two, one round in the MMA, let alone two. Um, this is the first time going past a minute, and he just wasn't prepared for it. And even then, I think if he lets his opponent get up, just waits two more seconds. That knee comes off the ground. He lands... His opponent's knee comes off the ground. He lands a legal knee to the face and knocks his ass out. So if I want to compare Greg Hardy to anybody, and people think I'm wild for saying this, but I'll make the comparison and then I'll qualify my comparison in a minute. He's Deontay Wilder, a guy who started MMA super late, who doesn't necessarily have the technique. Um, Deontay needed like 40 fights before he got 
prime real estate with, with heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Like, he needed to fight those guys because he started so late. Even though he got a bronze medal, when you watch Deontay Wilder, you know what his weapon is. It's the big right hand. Like, Greg Hardy knocks people out. Greg Hardy's not seasoned enough to be in the co-main event of any ESPN event. They've no. rushed him. That's something that boxing would have never done with a guy like Greg Hardy, as you can see with Deontay Wilder. They paced Deontay Wilder, having beat up, you know, guys he could beat, knocking people out, giving them different looks, a southpaw here, a tall guy here, a short guy there, an orthodox guy here, like a pudgy guy. Like, Deontay fought all different kinds of people till he fought Bermain Severn for the WBC title. Greg Hardy was not afforded that luxury. He knocked a few people out. He won on the, uh, the Contender Series. And then they were just like, all right, like Dana doesn't wait. Like he is Deontay Wilder without the seasoning. Mm -hmm. He's not really a polished technique guy, but he's a powerful individual. He's going to get another fight. The problem is, is that the UFC rushed him. It's too quick. But you reap what you sow. You got a guy from the NFL who had a domestic abuse situation, who stirred up a ton of controversy. And then he just completely has a crap fight in the co-main event and he throws an illegal meat. An illegal knee. You reap what you sow. It's about as bad as it can go. Because at least at the, I, I don't know. It might have been the best case scenario. People wanted to see him get his ass knocked out, or finished, yeah. choked out. You didn't even get that. It stopped by a bullshit DQ. So yeah. yeah, that that's the worst case scenario for them. And then in the main event, Henry Cejudo versus T.J. Dillashaw. It takes me longer to say both men's names than it did to watch an entire fight. Cejudo came out and just. I mean, he landed the perfect punch to the back of the ear, which is legal, not the back of the head, the back of the ear, to floor Dillashaw, and it really started the flurry. He landed a nice body kick to the midsection, a head kick to the face, and Dillashaw got dropped, I think, three times. He touched his knee, and then the last time was too much. I don't think it was an early stoppage. I thought it was the right stoppage. Um, Dillashaw like, went for a single, but a lot of people do when they don't know where the hell they are. Because they're not silly after taking 15 punches to the face. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was perfect, perfect execution by Henry Cejudo. And it damn near landed him the title and a Bella twin. So, can't go against that. Yeah, so, I said last week, I was like, my biggest concern, I thought TJ would win. But I said, my biggest concern is when you cut that weight, your ability to take a punch. Well, Mm -hmm. there we saw. Um, I do think the fight was stopped kind of early. Like, I'm not mad. It's not, it wasn't a robbery stoppage, right? It wasn't like Dillashaw when he was like, I didn't lose the fight. Like, he was doing interviews like, I didn't lose the fight. Yes, you did. You lost the fight. Yep. You shouldn't have got clipped. That's your fault. But another referee, like, a, a, a perfect comparison fight is when Shane Carwin was beating the piss out of Brock Lesnar. And they didn't stop the fight. Right? Yep. And, they, and it was allowed to go on, and Brock came back and won the fight against Carwin. UFC 116, I was there for that. This was a similar situation where if you let the fight go, I wouldn't have been mad, but it could have been stopped. And Usually stopped. you give the, the champion an opportunity to leave it all out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think, like, as a referee, I don't think you even care who the champion is. I think you know who oh, the fighter is. I saw Connor just get mad leeway. Yeah, but, but I'm saying it's the fighter. It's not necessarily the champion. It's the fighter. It's like a guy like oh, TJ yeah, that Dillashaw. Makes sense. Yeah, you just... He, yeah, you, you look at TJ... He, you forget about the champion. You see, he's super resilient. Mm-hmm. You could let that fight go on and let him get blitzed because he, you know he's, he's the type of guy who would ask for that. Correct. Right? He doesn't get knocked out every other fight. It's not like you're adding to 18 years of brain brain injury. Like he's not Gaethje. Like no. this case, you probably save Gaethje because he's just right. gonna, you know, he's the next one is CT waiting to happen. Like he's just, you look at him and you be like, damn, that's a tough career. TJ's not that. 
No, so the fight could have went on. Dana Collin had a horrible stoppage. I understand because that was a marquee fight and it ended way too quick. So I, I get why you're saying that, but it wasn't a horrible stoppage. Yeah, don't bury the, the star, Dana. Don't bury the star. No, that's what he does. But now it's like now the whole everything's a mess because what this is no next week. Next week is Rafael Sensao against Marlon Moraes in a fight that's supposed to be the number one contender for the UFC bantamweight title. But you can't do that because TJ Dillashaw just got beat by Henry Cejudo in 30 seconds. So the the logical fight is Cejudo versus Dillashaw at bantamweight to see if Cejudo can be the double champ. And if Cejudo but wins then, that, then what you erase the division, which is what you wanted anyway. But but the thing that sucks is Marlon Moraes and Rafael Sensao, what am I fighting for? Because I thought I was getting being a number one contender, but you know good and damn well neither of them are going to get a title shot against Dillashaw. It makes very little sense. Very little sense. And it sucks because Sensao has been looking for a title fight forever. <laughs> like forever. And Moraes has been mowing down people, and the only loss he has is against Tua Sensao. So it makes sense that these two would fight for the number one contender spot. But then but you have Bermuda. So if you want to hold it off one more fight for any reason, you have Dennis there to make it another number one contender fight. I'm just making an interim belt. I don't know. That's what the hell they I, do, right? I, I just it's just it's a mess now. And then it's like the fly like Benavidez won this fight. He beat Cejudo. So I know he's sitting there like, I should be able to fight for that title. Mm-hmm. But you're not. It's gonna be Dillashaw Cejudo again. This that's why I think the lesson learned here is Champ versus champ fights, all they do is fuck everything up. Yeah, it's not necessary to have one every two months like they're on pace for. Yeah, it just, it just it, it mucks things up because even Daniel Cormier, granted, he won the heavyweight title, but it put the light heavyweight title in limbo. But when the guy loses like Dillashaw does, it's very hard to say, well, you can go back to your division and, and defend your title. It just feels weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just feels, especially you just got mopped in 30 seconds. By someone smaller than you. Right, and it's like, and then on the other side of all that, and then we can move on to pro wrestling, is Chris Cyborg just got wrecked. But it was longer than Dillashaw lasted. And they're probably not going to give Cyborg a rematch. They're definitely not, because Nunez doesn't want that smoke. Like, Nunez will just drop the belt. Dude, people like said all kinds of shit. I don't blame Amanda one bit. Like, I mean, that's kind of whack, but I understand. Like, no, but you just I, did it dude, just to prove that you can, and then I'm out. I'm like, going back home. Yeah, I had a friend, right, when I used to play NBA Live and NBA 2K. I had a friend. Like, I used to beat everybody. And I had a friend who beat me one game, right? It was completely it was complete bullshit. Like, it, actually, matter of fact, we had a 20-point skunk rule, right? Because I used to just wreck people, and I'd be like, pass sticks, you're done. He got up by 20 on me, right? And, he, he, and I was pissed, and he was just – and I came back. And he dropped the controller and was like, yo, I already 20-point skunked you. And the game was over. Even though I came back, he turned the game off. Because he's like, I already 20-point skunked you. I was so pissed off. But he was well within his rights because he already beat me. He knew if he gave me a, another opportunity, I was going to drag his ass. That was a smart thing to do. Why give Cyborg another opportunity? Because he underestimated you. I guarantee you. He underestimated you the first time. So you won't do it again. Mm-hmm. If you're a man, they're like, I'm not going back up to 145. I'm good. I'm going to defend this title. I got the win that everybody said I wouldn't get. I'm not giving you another chance. I get it. I'd like to see the rematch, but I get it. I so with, with Dillashaw and Cejudo, it's like, Dillashaw, you got wrecked by, in 30 seconds. If Cejudo was just like, yo, you don't get a rematch, my man, Dillashaw would be pissed. But can you blame him? No. I mean, I can't, but no, it's just... 
like you said, it's a mess. When you do this, it's a mess. We're not have to sit here fantasy booking shit because it's a mess instead of just going by number one contenders because you're just yeah, so thirsty to make a buck. Yeah, and, and it was it was you know they did it because TJ. It's just like Mighty Mouse sitting there laughing his ass off right now. Like Mighty Mouse, like see, <laughs> like what what was that? But. Here we are. So we'll see what happens in the next few months. That that whole that whole situation is a complete and utter mess. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Um, like you said, let's jump to WWE though, because we have a huge weekend coming up. Um, we'll be at Royal Rumble in Phoenix. If any of you guys are there, hit us up. We are going to a Royal Rumble after party. So just let us know if you guys are there and you guys want to hang out. We have a couple drinks, talk about the Rumble, how good it was, the shit Drake doesn't like, yada yada yada. We'll do that after. Um, so just hit us up on social media after you guys listen to this and let us know. We'll, we'll be down there. We're always down to hang out with the Corner Club. But let's get into this preview. NXT first. NXT TakeOver. What is this? Phoenix, specifically, is the name of it? Yes. Um, so NXT TakeOver Phoenix. We have a good card. Obviously, some people are up in arms because we don't have the Velveteen Dream or Adam Cole on this card. Um, to me, that doesn't bother me. Not everyone is on every card. I'm okay with that. No. Uh, My then, only issue is I, I just wanted Adam Cole. I just wanted to do the boom and Adam Cole baby in person. What if he walks out um, Undisputed Era as tag team champions? They can all walk out together. Maybe he gets kicked okay. out and set backstage just to give us I the mean, boom moment. Yeah, like like I watched that and I was like, damn, I want to be a part of that. That seems fun. So that's the only thing I, I like. I really miss. And Velveteen Dream, like I said, I feel like he's going to be in the Rumble. So... We'll see. I like that. Um, I like that option. You know who else I was thinking yesterday? I was like, fuck, I hope he's in Rumble. Walter. Yeah. Th- see, okay. Give him that U.S. exposure. Make him feel bigger than he is. That music is fucking dope. He's huge. That's a great way to really expose him to the new crowd and then send him back to the U.K. Make him feel special. Yeah, Like, I have this weird thing about guys showing up at the Rumble just to get tossed out. Like, AJ Styles' debut, as much as we remember it, he did nothing in the Royal Rumble match. Fortunately, he was booked like a king after that. But he spent, but like, remember- 30 minutes in there, 40 minutes. Yeah, but... He- no, nah, I don't even think he was in there that Almas was and in I- there forever last year. Right. It, it's just... It's weird because it's the entrance is bigger than anything else. Like, mm-hmm. the arrival... Like, when Rusev showed up at the Royal Rumble, and, I, like, I remembered it because he started just wrecking people. So I, it'd be nice if they had Walter do that. Like Killian Dane entered, didn't he enter one year? And like no, that happened. was uh, the Andre the Giant. Oh, that was Andre the Giant. No. Yeah, it's like so it's not it as spectacular. He was, yeah, he was just work. in the ring. Like if it's like I would love to see Cena at one, Velveteen Dream at two, and the pop the Dream would get. No matter what happened from that point on, the pop the Dream would get would make him a made man. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Unless they botched it, unless they fandangled him, like which is very possible. But like Royal Rumble is that's that's what we're all looking forward to. Anyway, back to takeover. What if he eliminated Cena off rip? Then you have a WrestleMania match. That's so good. That'd like be Cena, Cena is clearly here to put, put somebody people over. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like if you want to, like Dream just seems like the type of guy who could be a made man. Like if, if like this is a few that if if it's not Lars Sullivan, go with the Dream. Like, like go with the NXT coming up. Well, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then, let's see. We have Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. Full match this time. No knockout yeah, we, contest. I think we're in for one. This is going to be good. Yeah. Like, these, like Chris Hero on the indie circuit, 
and Matt Rillo. They had great matches then, so we're in for a great one. Yeah. I mean, look, I saw this Dallas weekend, WrestleMania Dallas weekend Evolve show. Like, yeah, like, but they, you know, if there was, if there was a, any other guy who was a sure shot, I probably wouldn't believe you. Matt Riddle is a sure thing. Yep. There is that guy. There's no way they can miss with him. It's impossible. <laughs> no. No. Uh, inju- injuries alone can stop Matt Riddle. Yeah. Let's. It's because the style. Yeah. The style is tough. The style. The look. The hair. The personality. The music. The chants. Oh, they hit Matt it out of the park with that. Because you don't see anything, and then you just hear, "Bro," and then the crowd goes nuts. Oh, Dude, out of the park. He's got it. Yeah. I know Dana White's got to be sitting there feeling like a real dickhead because he <laughs> shit on Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's like the man. Yeah, Good that's fucking him. nuts. Um, match itself, obviously, Matt Riddle's winning. Yes. Because Ono's putting people over, but I expect a really good match. Um, definitely Ono's best match in NXT, I think. We will get right here. Um, I mean, him possibly. and Velveteen had like a sketchy chemistry. There was a couple botches. Yeah, I mean, you know. The, the the wrestler formerly known as Chris Hero is really damn good. So this should be great. Yeah. Um, Ricochet versus Gargano. NXT North American Championship. Man. Match at night. Like, if, <sighs> if this ends up being a five-star match, I'm not surprised. Just off of no. what Gargano did with Almas last year at this time, I think him and Ricochet can pull off something similar. Yeah, and I kind of feel like Gargano's going to win. Like, I feel like we... And we I'll don't touch know. That's minute. what's so good. We don't know about yeah. all of these. Yeah, like, and, and the thing more important than anything else that we really don't know, and they've done a great job it, with, is Gargano and Ciampa reuniting. Mm-hmm. Like this whole the whole tease with those two over the past few weeks has been some really good television. Like, and and people are chanting for them to get back together. So it's like to have them with both of the titles and reuniting could be very interesting. But it might not happen. They both could lose the titles. And re-engage in their feud. Like, one could interfere in the other's match. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I think Gargano's going to win this title because he hasn't won one yet. And I just think Ricochet's going to put on a hell of a show. And look, Ricochet has actually improved on the mic. He's still not great, but he's gotten a lot better. I feel like they've shortened the amount of time he has to say stuff. Like, it's, Which it's is good. concise, right? Like, yeah. it might be scripted what? sounding still, but it's, it's concise. It's less... Uh, or dude, or uh, like it's it's just more concise. Get to the point. Say your shit. Yeah, like I think what they've told Ricochet was like stick, like a telemarketer, marketer, stick to the fucking script. Like I don't want you interjecting your sense of humor. I don't want you thinking <laughs> of clever things to say. No, yeah. Say, see, hit these bullet points and get the hell out of there. Yep. And that's he's doing it, and it works a lot better. There is no um and hmm and like nope. dude, like it was just like real lazy how he was cutting his promos. Now he's just stick to the script. Ronda needs to do the same thing. Anyway, um, so yeah, that match could go either way. I'm going with Ricochet retaining though, just because as their version of the IC champ, he does defend. He's always exciting. He's a guy that really doesn't need the belt. He can lose it, come back and get it later. Um, a rematch, like with some type of stipulation at Mania, would be fucking incredible. But I, I see Ricochet winning this and Gargano going on to something different. Possible. Um, then we have Undisputed Era, O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe. <sighs> Hanson and Rowe, Rowe have been on tear. They've been running through the Undisputed Era for months now. Um, I'm picking Undisputed Era to win by shenanigans, though, which should be a really good match as well. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, like, I think they all hold belts. Before it's all done at NXT, they all hold belts. I like, I agree with you. The, the only thing cock blocking all this stuff is Matt Riddle. Like, because I feel like Matt Riddle's getting that title at, at the WrestleMania Takeover. No, I but, think he has. He's just still so new to it, and he has to beat a heel. And, and I think if yeah. my later prediction comes true. Adam Cole wins the belt at WrestleMania TakeOver, and then him and Matt Riddle build this shit to SummerSlam, and we get a classic. You you, you know what? You could be right, because I forgot. There is no TakeOver until WrestleMania. Um, so you're right. Matt Riddle is going to get the belt, but yeah, you're probably right. Not soon enough. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on this. I think War Raiders, I just haven't been terribly impressed with them as a tag team. They feel like a more athletic version of the Ascension. Um <laughs> And, I, I mean, I like them. I mean, I've seen what they can do in ROH, though. Like, and yeah, maybe not. I, I was those I triple was threat tag team matches were really good with the Bucks and big guys going through tables and shit. Then the Bucks and Briscoes were like instant good matches. No, like I'm not saying they have bad matches. I think they have good matches, but I yeah. just haven't been like the the War Raiders and the look. Like they're just they don't have the charisma of the Undisputed Era. And I think like putting the title on, like it feels do. like the. <laughs> right, and I feel like it's the right thing to keep the undisputed air with these titles. Yeah. Um, I just don't know which member holds the North American title if they're all going to hold titles. That's what I'm curious I about. I think and Roddy I'll- is the most set to be an IC title type of guy, but I like the tag team matchup. Um, so it would have to be... I mean, Kyle's not going to split. He's pretty much the tag team. He does the pick. Uh, it would have to be Fish. Yeah, see, Fish ain't built to win a, t- a singles title. No. Bobby Fish can go back with O'Reilly, and they can and, do what they did. And Roddy they has to win it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's very possible, um, but we'll see. But, yeah, I think Undisputed Era wins this match. Shenanigans. Yep. Crook. Um, with Adam Cole being the crook, just because he's so over. Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. I think this is going to be a sloppy match. I think it's going to be the sloppiest match of night. Even though I really like Bianca Belair. Um, Shayna's put in some really good work lately, especially with Kari Sane. But they had a year of chemistry, road shows, May Young Classic, blah blah blah, to really get that last match out of there. That was really fucking good. Um, I think her and Belair are gonna be a little choppy, but I think Belair takes the belt. See, I don't know. And the more that I think about this, is I, you know, I, I think Belair should win, but I think Belair wins and everybody turns on her. I think the fans turn on her. Me too, and um, I think they need a a heel because everyone else's faces. The next up, I mean, either you got Candice LeRae or you got Io Shirai. Like, you you only have faces. It's, it's I kind of think that... And Belair is undefeated. And I think she might remain undefeated, and I think that Shayna may win by D, lose by DQ. I think they find a way to keep the belt on Shayna. Okay. Um, Horsewomen interference? <laughs> lose yeah, by possible. DQ? Yeah, it's very possible. It's got, like, you know... We're getting on the pre-show, which will be on NXT next week, the Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir versus the Yosha Ryan Kari Sane match. So I feel like, uh, you know, I Maybe don't know we how have long... like a 3v3 matchup coming towards yeah, like Mania weekend, but... like crazy tornado I... tag type. You know, unfortunately, this won't happen because the timing's just really piss poor. But wouldn't it be fun if Jessamyn Duke and Marina, first of all, got them up to speed and they're good enough. But then you did like a war games with these women. Yo, the first ever female War Games would be so dope. Oh, what if the War Games match next year is women? That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, they should, just, they should do that. I never even thought of that. Such like a that great idea. Be, that would be incredible. And the other thing is, before I like stick with my Shayna Baszler winning this match, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, 
should be in the elimination tape chamber and win the tag the women's tag team they are so good did you see the squash <laughs> match this week on nxt yes it man, was they're... such a good squash match the fact that they hit their finishers off of like cheerleading boost they didn't even use the turnbuckle i was like that's so cool whether you do the insane elbow just with a boosted spot and then come and hit the back the moonsault off the boosted spot Incredible. Little touches like that, they're so good. They'll be it's tag weird. team champions sooner or later. It feels like like they should be in the elimination chamber because Kyrie Sane has nothing left to do. Like it's weird. She hasn't been there long enough, but she has nothing left to do in NXT. No. She's not competing for the title. She's a little bit too good for everything else. And Io Shirai Io- is too good. Like I just want to see against main roster talent. Exactly. So it's like if they got put into the elimination chamber match, because everybody thinks it's gonna be um um Sasha and Bailey yeah, winning yeah. those titles. If those two enter that, could you imagine their match versus Sasha and Bailey at like a WrestleMania? That's what I'm saying. Do like, you know how good that match would be. Like the women need depth. That like, might be a five star match. Yeah, the women need depth, and if you're having a tag division, the tag division needs depth, and you need and you need to take somebody that that people truly don't expect because everybody expects Sasha and Bailey to win these titles. Yeah. No, Io Shirai, Kari Sane, push them to the main roster. You won't bear them because they're too fucking good. Yep. They're just too good. And in a brand new division, they have a chance, you know? It's not established yet. It'd be exactly. different. You know what? I wish that would happen, but it's not going to happen because you know who's going to be in the chamber and who's going to win? The Bella Twins. Please, God. They're going to be the last surprise entrant. They're going to announce all five teams. They're going to have a secret team. The Bella Twins are going to come out to a pop. They're going to be the sixth team. They're going to be the inaugural tag team champions. And Sasha and Bailey will face them at Mania for the belts. Please, and God, win. no. Yep. I'm telling you right no. now, write it down, book it. If they had betting, we'd bet on that shit. That's what's going to happen. Um, like, Ciampa versus Black in the main event. Uh, Ciampa. What? Aleister Black gets the belt back. Adam Cole beats him for the belt at um, Mania. He becomes a two-time champion, loses at Mania, gets called up. I don't want Ciampa to lose the belt. That's all. He's such a good champion. Like, uh, like, like good Aleister, Black talk- yeah, Aleister Black talking sucks. And it's like, as good as he is, like, Alistair Black is good. Chomp is just, he's better. Yeah. Like, right now he's better. And I feel like he adds so much more to that title than Alistair Black will. Because if Alistair Black wins the title and Adam Cole takes it off of him at WrestleMania weekend, it was like, it's too quick. It's like, you only have the title for three months. So I feel like a long tenure champion. Well, it's, his when second, take, it's his second run at it. I don't care. I don't care. Like, like a long tenure champion beating, like, uh, when Oscar beat Bailey. Or like a long, or when like when Bailey beat Sasha, like long tenured champions, it feels much better to take the title off of them than somebody who just got it and you take it right off of. Them. And that I, that I don't is know, correct, man. and that's why I think they give it to Alex the Black to build up that mystique again. He cooled off a little bit because of that injury. Build up the mystique again. Have him and Adam Cole. That's a huge profile fight. Even if they put on a really good show in a classic, and he loses, he goes up to the main roster, and he at least has two big entrances, two many events. And he hits it quick. It reminds me of uh, Andrade Cien Almas when he took it. That, that was it. He won it, dropped it, bounced. No, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I don't like Alistair Black as a champion. And they need to stop letting him talk so much. Yeah. I don't like to, him talking. He needs to be brooding. That's it. Right. No, less talking. Um, Royal Rumble, main card. We'll go down here before we call it quits for today. And we'll go pretty quick because there is a shit ton of matches. And we're watching all of them. We'll be there for all of them. So I hope you're ready, Dre, for a long day. Hey. Um, Rusev versus Nock. Rusev. I'll take Rusev, too. Because why give the belt right back to Nock, right? Like, it makes no sense. Um, even yeah, though there's Nock's- a lack of heels and he has more matchups, 
possibly. But um, I think this might be a, a nice way. And I'm of the opinion that this is the ladder match at Mania. So it's okay if Rusev holds on to it and you somehow move like Almas and Rey Mysterio into this feud. And you just work them all in and have all yeah. six of them go at it. So Sure, sure. Uh, Rusev keeps it. The Bar versus The Miz and Shane. Let's see. Well, we obviously know that we're going with Miz and Shane for WrestleMania, right? But do they have the titles? Yes. God, that's going to suck. Poor Cesaro. Like, if you got to lose a match to those two, ugh. Yeah. That's going to be horrible. Yeah. So hopefully the bar wins, but yeah, I don't think they will. Nah, the Miz and Shane win it. Because you need a McMahon-mania, I guess. That's the rule of this promotion. Um, Buddy Murphy versus Tozawa versus Tommy versus Kalisto. Buddy Murphy retains. Um... I feel like he's the right champion right now. And with this Worlds Collide tournament, maybe somebody there that takes the title off of him mm-hmm. at, at Mania Weekend. But I feel like Buddy Murphy should hold on this title um, for at least another, till WrestleMania. I hope. Hideo Tommy wins. Hmm, not mad. They're shaking it up. I think it's time to shit or get off the pot. Because if not, he's leaving. Contract time, you know? Like he, nope, send him he, to AEW. Yeah, I was about to say, he might be gone anyway. So it's now, it's now or never. Uh, Daniel Bryan just cut a promo saying Atami was the you know one of the hardest people he's ever faced, the hardest hitter he's ever faced in ROH, and how tough he was and all this stuff. I, I think you give Atami the push, you see how he is as a heel and have people chase him and beat the hell out of people for a while. So I think Atami wins that one um, for the belts. What else do we have? We have, uh, we'll save the women for the end. Let's see, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Oh, Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah, the new Daniel Bryan, right? So it's so good. So good. And I don't think so AJ Styles leaves. He's not going to AEW, not like that. I think Vince knows what he has. It's just he had a, a year long run. Now yeah, it's Daniel like, Bryan's I mean, turn. Look, it's just that you got to find a proper match for AJ Styles, a proper feud for AJ at WrestleMania. And I, and I don't know which way you go. But Daniel Bryan's, re- like, look, Daniel AJ Bryan versus was, Orton seems like a pretty. Uh, I don't want to know. It's not going to no. be great. It's not going to be pretty, but I, I think you go there. I, I wouldn't uh, mind AJ versus Mysterio, but I don't know. Just for no, like a good match wise. Yeah. God damn it, no. Like I don't AJ and Orton. Like AJ and Orton sounds good on paper, but in practice, it sounds like a match where Orton counters a phenomenal form with an RKO at WrestleMania. And I really don't care to see that. That's pretty much what's gonna happen. Um, but no, the real, the new Daniel Bryan um, re- retains there. Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. Not the demon, regular Finn, so Brock Lesnar is winning in an 18 minute match. That has the same flow as AJ Styles and um, Daniel Bryan matches before this. Yeah, and it's like, fine. Like, if it's not going to be the Demon, whatever. If you want to get a good match out of Brock, okay. Yeah, and I don't know who Finn faces at Mania then, because where do you even put him? Good question. Don't know. Yeah, I don't. It's a rough spot to be in. Not being in a Rumble, like, you really lose out on your opportunity. Um, Oscar versus Becky Lynch. Now, this one's confusing. Yeah, I'm taking Oscar to retain, by the way, because I think Becky goes into the Rumble. Well, I think Oscar retains, but you have to keep Becky strong, so it's got to be like a DQ, right? It's got to be like Charlotte interferes or. Oh, yeah, it could be shenanigans like like DQ, yep. Yeah, like. Becky doesn't lose, she doesn't get pinned or submits, and then whoever, if Charlotte costs her, she goes into the Rumble to exact her revenge. So the other the other thing is, which we'll talk about in a second, um, I'm not 100% sold on Becky being in the Rumble. 
and it's it's weird because I you know I think everybody's expecting it. I think the WWE expects us to expect it. Mm-hmm. So so they There's might still an elimination like, chamber exactly. for women to go in. There's still like another I way. Like, Charlotte can I win it straight up, and then Becky yeah. wins the elimination chamber. And instead of you know facing her chick, she's like, no, I want in on y'all shit and Bogarts. Yeah. So so that could be the case. But one way or another thing, Asuka retains the title. She may get DQ'd. Becky might get DQ'd. They, like, neither of them should lose the match by pinfall. Put it like that. No, I, I agree. I think uh, it should be the opening match of the night. They should give us a good match. And I'm not mad if this ends um, in shenanigans. So that that's cool. Uh, Ronda versus Sasha. Ronda with a clean win, but I'm expecting a really good match. Yeah, I mean, Sasha's going to push Ronda. Um, I do expect Becky to show up here. Or Charlotte. I, like, I just feel like after what Ronda just did, one of them have to show up. One of them. And furthermore, Sasha is a horsewoman. So even though, you know, Charlotte's a heel and Becky like, doesn't give a shit about anybody, it makes sense to kind of stir the pot. for if, Like, if, if this was Gato booking, Gato would have done this. Gator would play the long game for the horsewomen versus the horsewomen match. So I feel like one of them should show up. Ronda still wins, but one of them should. I feel like somebody should show up and try to ruin it for her. I mean, it would be interesting if Sasha just won and Ronda lost. That'd be some that crazy would be shit. But then but Becky would have to win. Yeah, I just, I mean, I feel like, you know, you just got to keep Ronda strong until Mania. Like, she can't lose. Yeah, so she'll win. She should win clean. Um, and then Women's Rumble. 30 women. It's going to be fun. Um, man, who's winning the women's Royal Rumble? Charlotte. Fuck it, right? Gives you most options. Yeah. Like, it feels like Charlotte is supposed to win this yeah. thing. She always um, wins pay-per-view huge, huge spots and stuff, too. Yeah, it just, I just, it's another case. It's another one of those cases where the WWE has had it. Like, remember that year, Daniel Bryan, we all thought he was going to win, and they eliminated him, like, super early, and people were pissed. Yeah. The WWE always tries to outsmart themselves. Like, dude, just give us what we want. Yep. If it's not going to be Becky, just give us Charlotte. We'll get, we'll deal with it. Go like, with what makes sense. Don't do no stupid shit like give it to, I don't know, Mandy Rose on SmackDown so Asuka can have a challenger. And then you got to right. rebuild something out of nothing. Like, don't do not do that shit just out the blue. Don't overthink it. Give us what we want. Like, with the Daniel Bryan, you should have gave us what we want. That's why you had mutiny. Like, we're thinking about WrestleMania at this point. So just yep. give us what we want. Yep. Don't outsmart yourself. Uh, men's Royal Rumble match. A lot more options. Dude, I have no idea, but I'm going to say Seth Rollins wins. Yeah, I think Seth is pretty much the safe pick at this point, right? To go against a guy like Brock or, or someone else. Um, I, I'm looking at it, and it's so tough to see like who goes where. Um, but I'm going to say Braun Strowman, and they use that to set up him Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, I, I see like where you're going with if, this. If, if Rollins wins, though, I don't think Rollins goes after Lesnar. I think it's still him versus Strowman. If Rollins wins, he shocks everyone and says, I'm challenging Daniel Bryan. I, I, personally, I think you've run out. I think they've ran out of options with Braun Strowman. In this weird way, I think, feel like to, to not have Brock versus Braun now says something. Yeah. And I feel like Rollins would challenge Brock in like a David and Goliath type of match. Because. Brock has been in some pretty bad WrestleMania matches. So Seth would Rollins be a good would... He'd be like yeah. another guy. He'd be another big guy, small guy. Give you the same match. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor are going to give you. 
like these give them great matches. I think Seth could have a lot of you know a lot of babyface fire going into that match. Another option is Rey Mysterio. I don't think they'll do it, but I feel like Rey Mysterio and Daniel Bryan could have a hell of a match at WrestleMania. I agree. Um, and I again, Elimination Chamber is still there. Exactly. Um, but I feel like a few things I think we're going to see uh, is both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens return. Mm-hmm. I think we get them both. Um, the NXT, I think we get Velveteen Dream. I think we get... I'm trying to think who else we get. I'm wishing Walter into there, but yep. I'll say yeah. it with like a Keith Lee too. Yeah, I mean we might get Tyler Bate. Maybe he shows up. Um, but yeah. I, like I wouldn't mind the Bruiser weight showing up. Yeah, like but they just got to be in the right spot. Yeah, gotta be, they got to be the right spot to clean house. But I hope we get Kevin Owens back, and I don't know who we fuse with, but I hope we can get the mean Kevin Owens that was the NXT champion that came and beat John Cena. I mm. need that guy. Rusev would I be a good guy. contender for him to feud with. If Rusev yeah. disposes of Knock. I think Kevin Owen right into the terror, you know, and he'd bring back the U.S. challenge, the open challenge, when he did that as an asshole. Yeah, but I'm kind of happy that this is unpredictable. Like, I'm kind of happy we're going into a Royal Rumble where we don't see Roman Reigns. And I was about to say, because Roman Reigns isn't in it. So yeah. we have all options available to us. There's no Goldberg, no Roman Reigns, no shenanigans. We, we should be fine. No taker, please God. And uh, I'm expecting a, a good Royal Rumble match, so... Nah, that's our, our show for today. It's really cool, really exciting. I, I got to run out of here to AVN. I got to come back home after that and pack because we're on the road early. You're flying because you're you know a little bit of a diva, but it's okay. I'm driving to Phoenix, but we're meeting up tomorrow for brunch. So we got to wrap the show now. Thank all of you guys for listening. Make sure you guys check out Patreon. We just dropped another Patreon-specific episode. It looks like I'm uh, locking in. Um, a great guest for our next Patreon episode. Once I get that locked in, I will make sure you guys know, but we're working on it now. If you guys saw Twitter earlier, you know what I'm talking about. So the Patreon episodes are really going to ramp up. I'm posting little cool videos, behind the scenes videos of us at uh, this Royal Rumble weekend on the Patreon this weekend as well. So Patreon fans, a lot of good exclusive content coming to you guys this weekend. And we have that fan appreciation show coming up soon too. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all platforms at the corner LSN. Personally, it's me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. I think that's all we need to talk about. Enjoy your weekend. Tons of combat sports. We're going to have fun. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We're out. Peace. From earaches to strep tests, there's Minute Clinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Minute Clinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at LittletonCoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.